0: welcome once again to another episode of demand gen radio the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand with the voice of demand gen david lewis
1: Thank you, Paul, for the introduction, and welcome, everybody, to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is your host, Dave Lewis, and today I am joined by Thomas Terry on my team. Tom is a solutions architect, and he works with our clients in helping them get the most out of marketing automation and their marketing technology. Like many of us, he was on the client side for years, so he is a very seasoned marketer and took that expertise, came and joined our firm several years ago, and has been working with... A lot of our clients, almost all of them have Marketo as their marketing automation system, and Thomas is probably one of the sharpest people on the planet with Marketo and a lot of other marketing technology. And today's episode, we are going to focus in on some trends that we are seeing across our customer base. Uh, Thomas works with a lot of our more sophisticated clients. And what we've seen is there's kind of this haves and have-nots. There are the people that are just getting marketing automation for the first time, getting a lot of the basics in place, like lead management and scoring and nurturing. Uh, And then there are the haves who have had marketing automation for several years, and they're really taking their game to the next level. And Thomas has worked with a lot of those companies this year. So, Thomas, welcome to the program, my friend.
2: Dave, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to come chat with you.
1: Well, anytime we get a chance to get you to spread the education and love across a whole audience like this is a, is a great treat. Because to me, there's only two people, in, two types of people in the world: those those that have worked with you and love you, and those that have yet to discover Thomas Terry. So we're we're reaching more people today. <laughs> oh,
2: why? Thank you. Thank you.
1: All right, well, let's dive right in because we've only got about a half hour, and I want to just jump right in and maybe ask you to kind of start off just high level if there's some macro trends that you are seeing in terms across the customer base on the use of marketing automation. Let's start there.
2: Well, I think that the biggest trend I see is when you start getting into really competitive uh, markets, uh, whether it's software, technology, et cetera, you either see people who have yet to adopt marketing automation really uh, scrambling to try to put in place uh, some strong marketing automation tools, and then you also see uh, the people that have been doing it a long time really doubling down, really diving into the, the complete tool set, and then beyond that, really starting to extend it, tying marketing automation to different production systems. I mean, I've worked with Citrix and Ring Central and CenturyLink and one of the things that you see a lot of them doing is really taking marketing automation across the enterprise where it connects with the billing systems it connects with the product systems. We're seeing a real trend where people are moving their transactional email into Marketo so if you've got a a production uh, back end mainframe they're actually creating these connections to Marketo to send out the email and it adds tracking, it adds the ability to really understand and then tie all of this data together to, yeah. as an enterprise, understand uh, what's working and what's not.
1: And some of these trends that you're seeing is because of. I think that realization of the power of the tool, right? We, we know from a basic standpoint that you can always create programs and triggers and segments based on the data or activity that resides in a Marketo system. Or if it's connected, and they always are, right, to a CRM, Mm -hmm. you can do it off field value triggers or status changes. So everybody's kind of figured out that these two systems, which are well-integrated, the CRM and the marketing automation, can drive behavior in the applications and trigger. But as you're pointing out, now when people have, whether it's free trial software, back-end infrastructure, or accounting systems, like you said, and there's other metadata or things happening across the enterprise that might want to drive email sends or other triggered activities or data manipulation, um, all that's getting integrated, which is a much more sophisticated use than we've seen certainly in in the past. What are those, you know, let's talk about maybe um, high level, a specific project, something that you worked on this past year. What were, how did they approach it? So if someone's listening in and thinking, hmm, I'd like to be able to do that type of stuff too, what do those projects look like from an approach standpoint?
2: So, I mean, they're much more complex and, A lot of the projects that you would normally see, just setting up an email send, doing this type of thing, that's really simple. They're very, very data heavy. You're starting to really get into data. We're pulling in data architects and data scientists to really add some, really add some meaning to the data. Uh, An example is uh, really creating a massive B2C transactional email system. We're, we're, we're really starting to reach and touch all or, areas of the organization. We're having to involve the IT department. We're having to involve data science departments. We're involving the marketing department. And what we're doing is really starting to get alignment on these complex tech steps. How does data flow through the enterprise? How do we make sure that it gets to Marketo at the right time so that we get the right data in the application in the right place at the right time so that we can take actionable marketing on that information. So, I mean, it's really becoming intelligent marketing. And I think the other thing I'm starting to see as well as it's not simply limited to just sending email. I think the broader thing we're starting to see is uh, these clients like Citrix, Concur, et cetera, are looking to really look across... The channels and, and, and omni-channel perspective, and uh, not only send an email out, but but put someone in a a, a Facebook audience, put someone on online display, uh, send a direct mail piece via uh, triggered direct mail using PFL, which is yeah. a great company. Yeah. So I think that what you're starting to see is the idea of taking data that may have traditionally been used only for email, right. but then using those insights to react for sending direct mail at the right time. So you surround them with nurture. So your omni-channel, when someone got an email, they're also going to uh, their favorite news website and seeing your product there. So it, it's really starting to see marketing as kind of the, the brain and hub of the entire enterprise.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, the, uh, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and people are realizing about the value of data across the the organization so that brings up some challenges let's let's talk about these as well for example you know hooking a marketo or CRM to these other infrastructures is not always an out-of-the-box solution right so there's some api's and other data connectors that that we're certainly helping our clients with let's talk about that let's also talk about uh, data duplication maybe we'll hit sure. that after the break but let's start off with the apis what are you seeing in terms of trends around Uses of interconnections between these systems and, and how to get that done. The recipes for that.
2: Well, I think one of the most interesting was uh, working with Workfront. Uh, they had just acquired a company that had HubSpot, and as you can imagine, a full blown migration is a long, challenging project. And the goal was: you have this acquired company and this other marketing automation system. How do you get the data unified so that as a new company, a company that has two business units now, how do you action off of that acquired company? And what what we did was we looked at very lightweight tools like uh, Zapier to basically take the data and fire it into Marketo as forms get filled out so you're able to kind of push off the amount of time needed before you have to go through the full migration.
1: So are you finding in most of these integration projects that there's off-the-shelf software? that can use for the data connections, or are you seeing often the use of us you know, creating uh, some API calls and using the open uh, architectures to move data in between the system? What seems to be the the trends, at least in, in 2016?
2: I think what we started to see is there's becoming more and more trust in a variety of tools uh, as we start looking to the cloud. But I think that the most important consideration you have to have is how production-ready does it have to be? Is it something that is completely uh, cannot fail? And so what you'll end up seeing is much more sophisticated middleware with uh, the APIs and much more robust solutions where they are mission critical. But for things where it's a short-term, quick integration to be able to move data to fast time to value, I think you're starting to see uh, some of the off-the-shelf tools as well. So I think that it's really a decision based around how long is this solution going to have to stand and then how how mission-critical is the data because I think that you can move much quicker and really show some quick time to value if you, if you kind of balance those two solutions.
1: We've done enough of them now that we kind of sometimes can, uh, well, we, we can go through a set of, discovery questions and find out in terms of the volume of data that's moving. So, you know, do the API calls support enough data movement to use there, or do we need to use other systems? Is there any data manipulation or transformation that needs to happen along the route? So, you know, it's not always one solution uh, works for everybody, but we are, you know, certainly in the projects that I've seen you guys working on, you brought up transactions, which is getting more and more common, right? People, we're doing so much work with companies, certainly in the tech and SaaS space, and they're selling their products and downloading their products and delivering their products right to people online. So taking that metadata when a transaction or purchase happens and sending out transactional emails in real time uh, we've seen a lot of those projects over the last couple of years, and more and more of them. Like you said, it, it, you know, the the ha- the have-nots start off with the batch and blast campaigns. Let's let's fill the top of the funnel, or let's nurture. But the more sophisticated customers are saying, "Hey, I can use this marketing automation system for internal communication, for the lower funnel, you know, customer engagement, for transactional." Uh, and it's it's kind of that crawl, walk, run. Uh, growth strategy. Well, let's do this, Thomas. we got a lot more we're going to cover uh, today and, and dig in. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh, this is Demand Gen Radio. I'm on with Thomas Terry, and we are talking about some trends in the use
0: of marketing automation. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt that you're not getting the most out of your marketing automation system? We well, are not alone. But there is an answer. An award-winning agency called DemandGen that can not only get your team out of batch and blast mode, but turn your team into high-performance marketers that drive more revenue and have the kind of results you're looking for. They also have a marketing dashboard to show it. Experts in Marketo, Eloqua, Salesforce, and dozens of other top marketing technology, the folks at Demand Gen have helped hundreds of the top marketing teams around the country, and they can do the same for you. So stop feeling stressed check out their services at demandgen.com just like it sounds demandgen.com. and while you're there be sure and visit their resource section which is chock full of videos free templates and downloadable guides all of which will help you be a better marketer if you need a team that'll get you to the next level there's one waiting they're just a click away demandgen.com Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com.
1: All right, and we are back. Thomas, Terry, and I talking about trends in marketing automation adoption and usage. And let's kick off this second segment, Thomas, with a question about you know, kind of crystal ball, time machine. Let's say, given what you know now, you've been doing this for a long time. If you were back on the client side, let's say you just took a role as head of demand generation for a company. Given what you know now, what would you do? heading into 2017? What would be some of those priorities and initiatives?
2: Well, Dave, I think the most important thing is to understand the entire marketing stack. The core of your stack is always going to be your CRM and uh, marketing automation platforms. Those are the platforms that everything else plugs into. I mean, you can add data layers. You can add uh, different types of web experience, but if you don't have the foundation Uh, you have to make sure that those are shored up first. You have to have a strong uh, marketing automation to CRM integration where you're getting the right data passed and you're able to manage the leads that come in uh, in a very, very effective manner. But then I think as you start to get to companies that have matured beyond that, then the question becomes, Looking at your entire Martech stack, starting to do a white space assessment. Where am I weak? Do I need help at the top of my funnel? Do I need help moving leads through marketing qualified to sales? Or do I need help really understanding the insights and the reporting? And so I think that I'm coming more and more to there's an, there, there's getting to be an ideal stack based upon best-of-breed solutions. And so I think that as you start to look at what you can put in place, I think it's important to think about that. So if you're looking at uh, the the very initial time someone lands on a website, let's get as much data about them as possible. So if they were to land on a website, let's do uh, form Enrichment so that when they're on the form, a tool like uh, Reach for Smart Forms might be able to populate a lot of the data in the background. Once they come in, leveraging webhooks to grab more data, whether it's a lead space or pulling down data from a Discover org, really understanding how to kind of build out that that profile, and then really being able to nurture them, really being able to move them through your sales. I mean converse it to being able to use AI to work as an SDR via email. I mean that's very, very cool.
1: So if you were starting off at a company that really didn't have marketing automation, your recommendation is you know get a marketing automation and CRM system, make sure they're well integrated, plug it into the website so that you're tracking their digital body language, capture information off the forms, use some of the more advanced tools to append that data and really take a data focus um, so that you can capture as much uh, as you need to, not everything, but as you need to, right? We don't want to fill up the database with stuff we don't. But that would be your focus, really get that inf- core infrastructure intact and embrace some of the other MarTech tools that are now, like you said, almost essential ingredients in the mix. What about if you, what if you, if you were in an environment, you were just up in Washington working with Concur. We've worked with them for four or five years. Long time. Mm -hmm. Probably even longer than that. And so they've, they've been doing this a long time. They've even gone through a migration. They went from one marketing automation system to another and ported, you know, dozens and dozens of nurtures and their scoring system. So they took on that initiative. Let's say you, you were going in to a company that had a pretty sophisticated stack. Let's say the old marketing team left and now you're there, what would be some of your first steps in terms of setting things up for success for the year to come?
2: I think the first thing I would do is look and see what's in place in the systems and the different integrations. Anytime you're dealing with these large enterprise companies like Concur, like Citrix, you'll have very complicated, very long-standing programs that are obviously doing a good job. But one of the biggest improvements you can make is not to layer on more complexity, to take a a fresh look at things and say, how can we streamline what we're doing? How can we take what's really working, analyze what's working, what's not, and and so start from a a simpler perspective so that then when we add new things on and and go in new directions, uh, we've eliminated some of the technical debt. And so I would say – the first step is really understanding the lead machine, two simplifying, and then three building for scale.
1: Okay, I had uh, you know Doug Seacrist on Demand Gen Radio not too long ago, so I think it was uh, a couple episodes ago. You know, advice from a Jedi master, and Doug gave similar advice. You know, when he got over to Infusionsoft. There was a lot going on there, and he just found that it was time to you know, unplug some of the MarTech that was in place that wasn't being used to save some money in his marketing budget and then to tighten up the infrastructure. You know, we've, over the last couple of years, been doing a lot of MarTech assessments for clients. You've been a big part of those, blueprinting out everything that they're using and doing and how the data flows to simplify that. Good stuff. Let's talk about some projects that have to do with data and reporting, you know, those holy grail projects. You've done a lot of those. And we've certainly seen some trends in the marketplace where people are using more analytics tools and purpose built solutions. Does there seem to be a recipe for success in terms of how to get to reporting that's consistent or is it on a a company-by-company basis in terms of, like, tools? Can you get away now with your marketing automation and your CRM from a reporting perspective or do you need to really bolt on uh, other things? What are you seeing?
2: Well, Dave, I think that what I've seen more than anything is the tools and the reports that come out of the automation system, they're a great first step for understanding asset data. How many emails were opened, et cetera. But I think that what we're starting to see that as very complex organizations that have a have a measure that have a culture of measurement like Ring Central, they really haven't felt like the out of the box tools did enough. And so what we've done is we've we put our DFR in, they've heavily customized uh, what they're doing they're pulling it out into bi and so they're really having to kind of roll their own reporting and one of the real benefits i've seen moving your reporting out of uh, the automation system is you're able to kind of get to those complex custom reports and custom measures that you could never get uh, out of the box in the system i mean uh it's CenturyLink. we are uh, working with them to create an entire custom reporting solution where we're pulling all of the data out of Marketo because, uh, the instance we're working in isn't connected to a CRM. One of, they've got two instances. One is, one isn't. But the one that isn't, we're pulling all of the data out and, and we're going to be able to, to slice and dice it in a database as opposed to doing it in the automation system. And so I'd say that's the biggest thing we're seeing is a real complexity, a desire to model the data and be able to start putting predictive models to it and just straight out of the box, the automation system. You you don't have the access to the data nor the ability to uh, slice it the way you may need to.
1: You know, Rick on our team, as you know, he's he's our data scientist for everyone out there listening, and and Rick came on our team a couple years ago and has really helped our clients um, take a look at their data in different ways and build out reporting and dashboard solutions uh, for them. So as Thomas mentioned, DFR, which is uh, an acronym for our demand funnel solution that enables people to within the CRM, it's a plug-in for Salesforce that enables them to measure and track movement uh, down the funnel and report against it. And so, you know, what I'm taking away, Thomas, is some of the reporting solutions for people starting out, there's plenty of reporting basics that they can get from their marketing automation system and even the CRM, but as people are bringing in more data from other different systems and have more sophisticated reporting requirements, they are looking at, you know, external uh, data warehouses and data reporting solutions to to get there. One more or two more questions for you, topics that I that I want to hit. What are trends that you're seeing in terms of organizational structure? So you work with a lot of different demand generation teams. What does a good, healthy team look like in terms of roles, both internal and, and external? And you know, let's start with the internal piece in terms of what what's a modern marketing organization look like today? From the trends that you're seeing in terms of roles and responsibilities.
2: Well, I think it's it's still evolving, but I think what we see in the most successful companies is a robust marketing ops and sales ops organization. In the smaller companies, you often see frontline marketers, the field marketers, who also have to do all the work in marketo and you know what they don't they they're smart marketers but they don't spend enough time in the tool to be able to do the sophisticated reporting sophisticated builds that they need to to really be successful so as you start to have a strong marketing ops organization you have teams including like a demand center to be able to to handle a lot of the work in the system I think the other thing is that I think that having strong teams that are aligned to different tools, where you have subject matter expert, not only for the automation system or the CRM, but also the third-party martech that you bring in, whether it's content development, whether it's porting, whether it's any of the top of the funnel tools. You really have to have some specialists that are focused on martech, because I think the challenge is, if you have people who have a lot of different jobs... And their focus isn't just on uh, one tool or a couple tools. I think that those tools get lost uh, in the day-to-day while they're doing everything else. And so I think that you, you never see them reach their full maturity because people are always distracted.
1: Yeah, we've definitely seen, you know, years ago there wasn't even a marketing operations head. And now, as you said, there's a whole marketing operations department, just as there's very often a sales operations department and centralizing the demand center. Um, our managed service group is certainly helping a lot of people with their demand center and, and just outsourcing that component to us and augmenting their teams with our team members like yourself. So, you know, big, big investments taking place in marketing technology and resourcing. It's great to see marketing becoming the center of the universe and driving growth. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, Thomas, for joining me. We're approaching the top of the hour. I'm going to let you get back to helping our clients uh, be heroes out there. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Dave. I appreciate the time.
1: Enjoyed it. Well. As I said, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for joining for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. A uh, recorded version of this will be up next week at DemandGenRadio.com. And don't forget to spread the word if you are enjoying the show to your network. And this is your host, David Lewis, saying farewell and reminding you all to make marketing matter most in your organization.
0: You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio. Bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high performance marketing.